Welcome to the Experiment Podcast, where we talk about life and business and how they daily intersect. I'm your host, Laura Doughty. Let's get to some real talk. All right, y'all, this is an interview I did on Zoom. So for you audio engineer geeks, you might want to pull your ear pods out or your earplugs, whatever, and just listen through the speaker uh, because it might drive you nuts. But it is on Zoom and it is with two gentlemen that uh, I have now partnered with. So that disclaimer is up front, but it is a fantastic interview if you are someone out there interested in what is going on in the real estate market. So let me introduce you to the Avenue 8 founders. Here we go. So I have Michael Martin and Justin Feichelson with Avenue 8. And I am excited because I have just partnered with them, Monarch and myself. Monarch is literally celebrating our 10 year anniversary this week when we launched and I just could not be more excited because I feel like from a high touch perspective that we have always done, trying to stay ahead of the curve, it's just daunting (laughs) in this day and age of real estate. And Justin, for you, with everything that you've done as an individual agent, which in and of itself stands alone, And that says a lot for a brokerage firm. And then Michael, for your background and just the powerhouse that the two of you are is truly, truly exciting. And for someone who the path of owning my own brokerage and trying to compete with the big boxes and all of that, I know what, what you're dealing with, but it's just so exciting because of what you have to offer. So Justin, I'll let you go first because, you know, I feel like you literally are the birthing of all of this and tell us, you know, your pains and your joys of where you started. Well, I, I'm from San Francisco and been an agent for over a decade. And from the start, I started a big company that's not part of Compass. And it just felt very outdated. Uh, it's fair. You pay as an agent too much money back into the brokerage. And in turn, you're not receiving the services that are really relevant to today. And after being in several different brokerages, I ventured out on my own and realized this was much better. And but at the same time, I was outsourcing everything, spending a lot of time on the admin aspect and realized there should be a better way of doing this and the brokerage of the future looks like what Avenue 8 does today and what we're becoming. And Michael, my co-founder, felt the same exact way and comes from a very different perspective. But we both saw the industry as outdated, you know, operating in the same way it was it has been since the 1970s. So we really are the brokerage of the future, a modern luxury real estate brokerage. So Michael, if you'll share a little bit about your journey, and again, if how the two of you met would be fantastic for people because you do come from two totally different worlds. I think it's awesome. Sure, yeah. Around the same time Justin began his career in real estate, I was working in private equity in New York at a large firm, which owned at the time one of the largest brokerages in the country. And it was very evident what was happening in 2008 uh, to that business, both because of the housing market, but also because of the traditional operating model that it had with, you know, billions of leases. And I I shifted careers after that, worked at a digital product design and development agency in New York. It was there for nearly a decade and, and worked with amazing teams of designers and strategists and developers 
to build really great consumer-centric experiences across many different platforms. And when I met Justin two and a half years ago through a mutual friend at, a, at an event at the Museum of Modern Art in San Francisco, we immediately connected, you know, just as individuals with a shared love and appreciation of design and art and the importance of that. And then, you know, as I learned about Justin's idea for a new brokerage, it resonated on a couple of different levels, both from the experience in private equity, but also from the experience leading a large agency. And so it's been two and a half years in the making. And I would say the shifts in the industry that we expected to happen have happened uh, faster than we could have expected because of the last six months of shelter in place. And so I think Avenue 8 is a freshing alternative to the other models out there and one that uh, believes that uh, good design and simple technology are paramount, but that the agents as entrepreneurs are the ones that should really uh, keep the benefit of that. Absolutely. I love that. And, and I, I keep using the word nimble because I, I don't use the word startup for you guys because you're, you're a boutique brokerage firm that's going to blow up, <laughs> basically. Tell a little bit about how you decided from the, the, the core concepts of, because, you know, a lot of people talk about tech, like they're like, whoo, look at like they'll, they'll, they'll flash those cards and they do a lot of, you know, fancy graphics and things like that. But when you get behind the veil, there's nothing there. It's still the old traditional brokerage right. model. And I can say that firsthand from where I've come from. So share, like, be transparent about, you know, I, I know you guys have the Avenue 8 app, which I absolutely love. Very easy to use. So I know that that is like your proprietary piece, but at the same time, you're utilizing platforms that work and get the job done. So if you yeah. share about that, that'd I think, be great. Yeah, I think, you know, first and foremost, a lot of companies think of technology as something you need to have and they're investing millions of dollars into it and they're calling themselves a tech brokerage. What people forget is that technology is really meant to make your life easier. And if it doesn't and if it's too complicated or takes hours and hours to learn, you might as well not use it and use a spreadsheet or your notebook. So our goal is really with technology is to make the agent's life easier, save them time, enable them to do their business in a faster, more efficient manner. And by doing so, you know, we have one login versus five or 10 different logins that you might have at another company. So again, about saving time and efficiency. Yeah, I think to build off of that, good technology should be invisible. And um, I'll steal this uh, from, from my wife. But, you know, if we were having this conversation 100 years ago and our company used electricity, it doesn't mean we're an electricity company. It's just part of the modern way of doing business. And I think there's been a real shift in just the last couple of years of, you know, what would have taken if we were to start this business 10 years ago, could have taken tens, if not hundreds of millions of dollars to build just in terms of core infrastructure, it can now be leveraged through the API economy, through workflow automation uh, with significantly less spend. And so what that allows us to do is be, like you said, very nimble and agile in how we build our platform. And we don't believe that a monolithic end-to-end -end homegrown system is really the way of the future. We believe much more in uh, open source uh, frameworks and leveraging the best of what's out there. But at the same time, ensuring that the way that we package those pieces together and build on top of it is incredibly unique and, and valuable. And so I think that's where our platform comes in is sort of how do we yes and the best of what's out there and create the simplest user experience in the industry. Yes and, I love that. That's like literally all of it in a nutshell, truly, because 
dealing with, you know, ultra high net worth clients, it's like, it's yes, it's, that's it. Like, and any client, it really doesn't matter what their, their dollar, you know, amount is in their account. It's yes. And they don't want to hear the rest of it. They don't want to know what takes to get there. And that like literally just makes me so (laughs) excited. I do want to talk about the timing of you guys. And, and I'm sure, you know, hindsight is fantastic, but in the beginning it was a little, holy crap, what have we done? So just so everybody that's listening knows, they started what, February? We got our license uh, as a brokerage on Valentine's day. <laughs> See, it's all made from love. So share about that journey for the two of you. Like what were you going through? I mean, I can give you my perspective, you know, from where I came from, but I would love to hear yours. Well, we had been working on it for, you know, two years prior to that. So it's been a long time coming. And, you know, fortunately, the change that we saw occurring in the marketplace prior, which is why we started it, was only accelerated by COVID and shelter in place. And so, you know, we're in this new environment where people don't have traditional open houses. They're working mobily. They're not able to go to the office. Agents who weren't using the technologies that were already existing or now have, you know, they've now adopted the technologies that's out there to allow them to work remotely. So it's been, you know, a huge tailwind for us. Yeah, I think, you know, the team that we've been building at Avenue 8, you know, not not our agents, but our, our team, you know, that's been its own uh, experience. For three months, you know, we hired our first full-time member of the team, Spencer, right after the new year. And now, you know, we have we have grown, but we're still very nimble. And I think just building a company culture remotely is, is always an unknown. But, you know, we are probably 60,000 Slack messages uh, into it since our first were sent back in January. And it's been really remarkable. I think, you know, as Justin and I are both first-time founders. And so, you know, part of what we were learning about is just how to how to start a company and, and all the you know different uh, things to think about and how to navigate it. And, and certainly a global pandemic wasn't part of the uh, standard playbook of things to look out for. But, you know, I think it was, our, our size was an advantage there. Like, I think if we were a really big company already back in March, there would have been a lot of, you know, kind of triage, but really it, it didn't, it didn't change much. It just required us to over communicate with team and make sure that we could, you know, translate the positive culture and experience that we were already starting to build in our co-working space, you know, into a virtual environment. Yeah, no, I love that. So for everybody that's listening, I've been in real estate since 1997 and literally from the moment that realtor.com launched, I don't care how that ages me, I'm still very youthful. But, you know, the agents in the office there were very intimidated by that. And, you know, here we are 20 plus years later and COVID is to some degree, somewhat like a realtor.com coming into the market. And what do we do? And I actually think it was a blessing in disguise for you guys because it leveled the playing field across the board because you don't have to compete anymore with the agents who like, I have to have an office. I have to have an office. Well, now they realize they don't have to have an office. In fact, why did I ever go into the office? And why am I paying for this office? Exactly, exactly. And and so I can tell you for me that we shut our office down three years ago because I was the only one coming in. It was ridiculous. I'm like, Mm -hmm. you know, we're paying Malibu rent for an office and 
I'm the only one showing up, flipping the lights on, lighting the candles. Is, <laughs> what's the point? So we saw the advantage of becoming virtual before it really was cool to be virtual. And now you guys, it just, it does not make sense. If an agent produces enough for their business, this is what you need. You just need to be able to connect and you guys have another thing, the way that you guys meet on a regular basis, the way that you communicate on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. And it's not overly communicating in the sense like, you know, some people are like, oh my God, is my inbox going to be bombarded? And the other thing too, is that the marketing, that's a huge, I mean, like for being independent to me, the two things in this industry, in this age is the technology that you have, as you said, Justin, that makes it simple and marketing so why don't you guys just and we can kind of round it up on this as far as the marketing what what sets you guys apart from a marketing perspective because i can already see it so and experience it yeah it's a great question i I think to circle back on something you said before with working virtually i you know we were having conversations with agents even back in january that like the office and when we asked them what they would do when they would go there it was you know checking email there were very few things that really were native to having to be in an office. I think if anything, they were more concerned that their their clients, the sellers and, and buyers would want to meet in an office. And I think what's happened by virtue of shelter in place is everyone's comfortable with this type of interaction. So the anxiety of the agents has gone way down. They're like, my client is not expecting to meet me in a fancy office. They actually would prefer to do it this way. I think going back to realtor.com and to your question on marketing, you know, even up until a few years ago, a lot of agents for business, it was around, you know, doing open houses, getting referrals, growing your sphere of influence that way, and then maybe spending money on, you know, sites like Zillow. And I think as agents have become more direct to consumer because of social media, they are now navigating those things plus Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Nextdoor, Yelp, SEO, SEM, retargeting, attribution, optimization. How do I spend money effectively on marketing? And large companies hire agencies to help them navigate this because it is not straightforward. And, you know, let alone an individual entrepreneur agent having to do that and also be a client facing advisor and salesperson is just not the skill set. And we noticed that brokerages don't offer this as a service. And to us, that is the fundamental thing a brokerage should be doing. And so we've built our entire kind of focus out of the gate and team around helping agents navigate and succeed this increasingly complex omni-channel marketing landscape. And I think also just foundationally, it just, these things are very time consuming. And, you know, the more time an agent is spending on admin and marketing, the, the more it's taken away. They have less time to deal with clients, meet clients, close clients, see properties. So really the brokerage should be providing more value than the other way around. 1000%. Again, running a brokerage, it, it always was my responsibility to get ahead of those things and, and know what they were and to learn Kajabi. Some people are like, what, what, what is that? Like, you know, it's just like, oh my God, one more thing, you know? And it's like, and then you've got reels and then you've got store, like, and then the algorithm. And it's just like, it's a whole, like, my God, there, there are, like you said, entities that do this specifically for the brokerages. So it is absolutely overwhelming, mm-hmm. but it has to be a part of the mix of your marketing or you are dead. So the fact that you guys are so ahead of that and offer that as a part of the service to the agents, to me is way more advanced than, than anything that's even currently available. So it's, it's fantastic. 
I, I think if I could just add to that a little bit, we also don't believe that that should be an expensive experience for the agent. There's a lot of misinformation around in order for you to have great design and smart marketing strategy, you have to spend a lot of money and that's only accessible to certain people at certain brokerages. I think, especially coming from the agency world when I was prior to Avenue 8, like we have a good understanding of the unit economics of what it takes to create the sort of digital and marketing infrastructure that's needed for an agent to be successful. And I can guarantee you it's not, you know, 40% of your commission. So we, we certainly believe in leveling the playing field and, and opening up access to, to great design. And it definitely, you can feel it. So it's just, you know, it's, and it makes it more fun. And Justin, I want to ask you, because everybody always goes to this as a, well, this is why. So from the million dollar listing aspect, how do you feel like that has affected you with as an agent and you your decision in moving towards this? You mean being on the show? Well, I think what it really has done for the biggest impact is that I was able to, you know, via the show, meet top agents all around the country. So I know a ton of agents in Los Angeles, in New York, Miami, in London, and really seeing their experiences as an agent and getting kind of an outside perspective outside of the Bay Area. And, you know, I think that coupled with the fact that I myself have been with several different brokerages, small and big, you know, I think it, it I think I really needed to, to have that experience and knowledge to start a, you know, co-found a company like this, you know, to know the pain points of agents, because not everything is San Francisco, obviously. And markets, as you know, are very, very different. The culture of an agent in Los Angeles is very, very different than the culture in New York or the culture in Texas, or the culture in San Francisco. So yeah, I think having a thorough understanding of that is very, is invaluable. And this is going to be weird, but literally that just gave me chills. And I'll tell you why. Again, having started in 97, and yes, is it super, super important to be hyper-focused on your local market? 100%. But does that mean as an agent that you cannot be aware of what's going on in the other markets? Can you be a global <laughs> real estate agent yes. for your, your client? 100%. Well, I think also today, you know, because of the internet, you know, you don't need the affiliate. When I started at Pacific Union, they were affiliated with Christie's. Hilton Highland used to be affiliated with Christie's. You used to have Sotheby's. I mean, you don't need these affiliations anymore because everything, it's a small world with the internet. You can advertise to some, a house, target, a target advertised to someone in Austin, Texas, or in, you know, Boca Raton, Florida. I mean, it just, the world is a very small world now, and you can certainly make contacts with agents all around the world and, and, and be an independent or be with any company and, and have that capability. Yeah. And you just affirmed again, because for Monarch, our clients are all over and I get agents all the time. are like, well, how do you do work in Jackson, Wyoming? Like that, like you're not, a, you're not broke. Like really, that's how in the box you really are. Yeah. For are you kidding me? Like, well, I think I think it used to be, you know, agents used to be very hyper-focused where you're specializing in a specific neighborhood. And even within that, maybe a specific few blocks. It's really changed now to where you really can at least work with partners, if not do it yourself in other markets. Of course, the advantage if you're, you know, in San Francisco, and you're working with someone in LA, you want to work with a local expert who knows the neighborhood. But, you know, it's just a different world today. And we're very much so able to be an international brokerage. You know, our first, uh, we've had several guests on from the super prime team at night frank who deal with some of the richest people in europe they've come and spoken to our agents so another agent who does monaco south of france and bahamas so you know the the ability to cross boundaries is is really amazing due to the internet love it love it love it love it so 
if you were in front of an agent right now and you just said, why Avenue 8, give me just a quick sentence. I was just gonna say, you know, in this world, you need to distinguish yourself. And you do that via, you know, online digital marketing, but also as an agent, and we offer a much more customized experience. In San Francisco, where you go to a listing appointment and everybody has the same template because we're with the same few brokerages, we stand out. Our market report tells a story. Everything is geared towards making the agent stand out and look their best versus the other way around. Love it. Yay. Thank you guys. Really appreciate your time. This has been super fun. And I do like to end my podcast with a little this or that. So you up for the little this or that? Sure. Yeah. Okay. You can both just shout out whenever you want. Dogs or cats? Dogs. Dogs. Yes. Creamy or crunchy? Peanut butter. Creamy. Creamy. Yes. Mountains or beach? Beach. Beach. Oh my God, what is going on? <laughs> we are so like-minded. Okay, Friends or Seinfeld? Seinfeld. All right, well, I'm a little bit both actually, to be honest with you. All right, love you guys. Thank you so much. Thanks so much. Thanks, Laura. Thanks Rock and roll. Look forward to a great one. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode of the Experiment Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate us, and leave us a review. And as always, follow me on Instagram at Laura Dowdy underscore L-E for live. Excellent. Go make a difference, y'all. The world needs you.